Good to start all this. You guys tell me when you're ready. I'm trying to be better about that. We're good. Are we good on here too? Are we good on Facebook as well? Okay, I already started on Facebook. Cool. Second Timothy chapter 1, and uh, man, what God's been laying on my heart all week is, uh, man, I want to talk about holiness. And uh, man, I know that when you hear that word holy and you hear that word holiness, that immediately all these images uh, start to arise, uh, maybe from your past or, or things that you've heard or things that you've seen. But how many know the enemy likes to hijack something and make it something it's not? You ever notice he likes to do that? Um, he, uh, and so for a lot of people, when they think of the word holy, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have, you know, images of, you know, people, you know, wearing dresses and, and not having on makeup and, and you know, because we had, you know, kind of like the whole holiness movement and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and I believe those people are very earnest people, but, you know, they took a passage of scripture and just misunderstood it. And an entire denomination was built out of that. And, um, and then holiness can seem like something that's, you know, not fun or something that's, uh, you know, stringent and scary and awful and all of these things because the enemy has endeavored to, to hijack this concept and turn it into something it's not. How many know praying in the Spirit is powerful? But how many know that it, it has been hijacked by the enemy to, to try to turn it into something that, that's, that's laughable or made fun of? They always make fun of it. Look, I was a heathen, right? You guys understand heathen? And uh, didn't grow up in church. And the only thing I knew was tongues is of the devil. I don't know how that managed to get to me, but that's the one thing I knew. And I was like, man, we were good around, you know, we were, we were in drug dens and in crack houses and all that. But like, somebody starts speaking in tongues, man, I'm out of here because that's of the devil, you know? And like, where did that come from, man? Well, how many know the enemy wants to take anything that's powerful and, and put conspiracy around it? I mean, how many, it's the same thing for grace. You know, how many know grace is a powerful, powerful thing? It's the way the new covenant operates. But how many of y'all have, have had the enemy, you know, maybe before you started understanding grace or, or even after you started understanding grace and people started abusing grace and doing weird stuff with it, uh, the enemy always tries to take something that's powerful and turn it into something that it's not, right? Uh, he does that with, with a lot of different things. However, how many know that, that holiness is beautiful and powerful and it's from the Lord? And I want you to take everything that you know about holiness and I just want you to dump it out of your head. I know you can't do that, but just give it a fresh, give me a fresh opportunity to teach this from the scriptures and let's take a fresh look at it. Amen? And so um, we're going to take a look at the Greek word for holy. We're going to take a look at the Hebrew word for holy. But one thing about, and I will just bring this out before we step into the definitions, is this, is when something is holy, it's powerful. If you'll look at, um, if you'll look at the, in the Old Covenant, how many of the Ark of the Covenant uh, was the, the holiest thing on earth? And the reason it was is it was the place where God abode. It's where God lived at that time. You know, we know that wasn't God's ultimate goal. How many of you know God's ultimate goal is to live in us? Can I get an Amen. But under the Old Covenant, and of course they weren't under grace, they were under law. But how many of y'all, that ark was powerful. Why was it powerful? Because it was holy. And, and when the ark was on your side, uh, you, you won in battle. And when the ark was not for you, you did not win in battle. And how many of you know if you mishandled something that was holy, that people died? Because it was so powerful. You know, there was a, a town, uh, Kirath-Jerim, and they, they took the mercy seat off of the ark. And, you know, that mercy seat represents Jesus because it's a typology. And all you had was the broken Ten Commandments and the pot of manna uh, that man uh, rejected and Aaron's rod, which was man's rejection of God's leadership. And then the broken Ten Commandments, which represented God breaking the law. They took that mercy seat off and, and thousands of people died. Why? Because they touched something that was holy and something that was powerful. Now remember, this is under the Old Covenant. How many know that which is holy lives inside of you now? Okay, get an amen. But under the Old, God was just showing you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so powerful, I have to be careful how I am around things that are not holy. Uh, and then Moses, he was a tremendous man of God. How many know he couldn't see God's face? Why? Because God's so powerful you know, and, and Moses had a tremendous calling, but how many know that he that's least in the kingdom is greater than Moses? 
Why? Because now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're one with Christ. Can you get an amen? But Moses couldn't see the face of God. God said, you can look at me, but I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock, and you got to look at me from behind. Because I'm so holy and I'm so powerful um, that I don't want to hurt anybody or anything. Amen? And so the, the thing I wanted to get, you, get across to you that is when something is holy, it is powerful. Okay? Extremely powerful. How many you know we want powerful things on our side? Because God's just been speaking to me about holiness big time. And, and it, it, it's not what the enemy tried to play it out to be. Holiness is, is powerful. So anyway, I just want to read this to you out of the Greek. It's the word hagios, um, which is um, in the Strong's, it's, it's number 40. But it means uh, something to be different, unlike, other. Um, it means likeness of nature with the Lord, because different from the world implies something set apart and therefore different, distinguish distinct, special to the Lord, uncommon, set apart for God to be, as it were, exclusively His. So something that is holy, that is hagios, it means that it's set apart and it's uncommon. Everybody say uncommon. So it's something that is, is, is special. It's different. It's set apart. It's uncommon. How many know that you are not common? Can I get an amen? That God has brought an uncommonness into your life. How many know you're called to take a stand amongst common things? How many know immorality is common? You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, um, lying is common. Anger is common. Um, uh, impurity is common. The, the ways of this world is common. But how many know that we are uncommon? We're different. We're set apart. Can I get an Amen. And it's not so much the clothes that we're wearing, but it's the Christ within our chest that makes us different. Can you get an amen? See, the church failed in times past because they thought holiness had something to do with the length of your hair, what kind of clothes you had on. Now, holiness is way more important than fashion. Can I get an amen? It's way more important than that. It's something that's powerful, but it is something that is uncommon. Now, if you look at it in the Hebrew, it's the word Kadesh, and it means unique. Someone or something that has or has been given the quality of specialness and has been separated from the rest for a special purpose. So holiness in its very core means to be set apart and uncommon. It means to be different. Can you get an amen? How many know in the day and time that we're living in, you're called to be different? We are called to go against the grain. We are called to take a stand. And we're called to be different. If we, if, if, we, if we act just like the world, man, then, then we're taking what is uncommon and we're making it common. Are y'all tracking me here? We want to stay, we want to, we, we are different. We're set apart as unto the Lord. Now, uh, turn to 2 Timothy. You guys already turned there. And, um, and so, 2 Timothy, now, here's, let me stop real quick and let me just say this. Holiness is not the product of your strength and your ability and your willpower. Because even as all the things that I just said, what can happen to you is all those little circuit breakers in your mind of the past. Well, you need to try harder. You know, you need to, you need to, you know, wear your hair a certain way or look a certain way or you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. How I many you know we all know the law does not produce good results? The law at its very core is a demand. I've not come here today to demand holiness from you. I've come here today to introduce you afresh and anew to the one who has made you holy with his blood. Because this is not going to be a message of demand because it's not an old covenant message. This is going to be a message, this is a new covenant message. So what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to speak to the rock and the rock is going to supply. Are y'all tracking me here? I mean, Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus is the one who's going who's to empower you to, to live and to walk holy. Can I get an amen? So, so don't for a moment think this is the product of your willpower. If there's anything that you can produce in your life that's a, produ a product of your willpower, you can take credit for it because you earned it. I mean, no, you don't earn anything in God's kingdom. Nothing. Nothing. It's all done, and it's all paid for, and it's given to you for free. Can't get an amen. 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 Now, God will reward you 
for using the grace that he gave you to serve him. He'll reward you in this life and the next life. In our family Bible studies here lately, we've been talking a lot about how the Lord is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How many of you know God is a rewarder? How many of you know God will hook you up? How many of you know you spend some time around him and there's rewards for it? You spend some time in his presence, you start to smell like him. You follow me? How many of you know there's rewards for relationship with God? So God's a rewarder. There's nothing wrong with rewards. But even in the rewards that God gives you, he, he gives you the grace to serve him, and then you serve him with that grace, and then he rewards you. What a great God. Can you get an amen? But in the very same breath, don't fall into the trap of thinking, man, I just got to grip my teeth and try harder. That's not holiness. How many of you know the Sabbath was holy unto the Lord? How many of you know the Sabbath was a place of rest? Can you get an amen? Rest is holy. It is. Rest is holy. You know, and in the day and time that we live in, our Sabbath rest is not a specific day. Our Sabbath rest is a person. His name is Jesus. Okay, get an amen. Talk about rest for just a moment. How many know that the, the work of the cross has brought rest to your conscience? You don't, you don't have to make yourself right with God. You don't have to keep yourself right with God. Okay, get an amen. You, you just received a gift. You rest in that gift. That's holy to the Lord. Okay, get an amen. I mean, you know, when you, when you are actively trusting God, you're in a place of rest. Yes, the evidence of faith is rest. 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 If you're not resting, you labor to enter into that rest. If you've fallen out of rest... You labor to enter back into that rest. What are you talking about labor? Well, you feed on that which gives you life. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the bread of, of God. I'm talking about hearing the gospel. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all at rest that when you die, you're going to heaven? Thank God. Thank God. Because there are whole masses of the body of Christ that have no rest concerning this. Because they're not taught properly. And so they don't, they're, they're constantly in fear of whether they're going to go to heaven or not. I, don't, I do not lay, up, I don't, I don't lay awake at night concerned about whether I'm going to get to heaven or not. You know why? Because Jesus Christ did a good job. However, there are people that do. And the reason that they do is they're not fed properly. And so they don't have rest concerning this. Um, but, you know, how many know there are other areas where you, we need rest in? How many know the healthier body? Healthier finances? Healthier children? healthier country, whatever, you know, whatever wigs you out, that's the place where you're not trusting God. Seriously. Rest in your marriage. Rest in your grandchildren. Amen. Whatever, whatever you're wigged out about, that's the place where you're in control. <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it? And it's the that's the place where you have to labor to lay it down and trust God with it. Now, God will tell you to do stuff in a place of rest. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Spirit-led life. What works? What God tells you to do. It's only thing work. Nothing else works. But you are, when, you're, when your conscience is at rest that you've been made the right, we're having a gospel interlude. God, God's paused the message and we're going to preach the gospel for just a minute because we all need it. But... Um, when you're at rest in your heart towards the way God feels about you and the fact that you're forgiven and you know that, how many know the Spirit of God operates on the wavelength of righteousness, not the wavelength of condemnation? When you know that you're right with God and you know God is for you and you have peace, it's easier for God to lead you and for you to hear His voice and His unction. So if there's an area of your life that you're wigged out in, that's the area you got to give to the Lord. Okay, get an amen. You go to the Scriptures you find out what the promises are. You speak those promises out. You use the sword of the Spirit. We're teaching Eli how to use the sword of the Spirit right now, and he is all over it. It's wonderful. Because one of our because you know, how I many know we need to empower them? They got to know how to use this stuff, right? And so, one of his areas that he's challenging right now is when we drive to church or when we go somewhere and we're on curvy roads, he can deal with nausea, right? And, and, and so, it's a challenge for him, right? And so, he, 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 he's, he's vomited enough to where now there's what, what, what's trying to happen is there's a sense of fear that's trying to come. That when he's driving, that he's gonna, it's going to happen to him, right? Now, here's the thing. How many know that, like, I can talk to him all day long, 
But if I can get him to use the sword of the Spirit, then he's going to be more effective at persuading his own heart into a place of rest, and he's not going to be nauseous. So what do we do? We lead him into a confession. We did it on the way here. And you know what? It works. Like, if I lead him into confession for about five minutes Scripture, just using the sword of the Spirit, fear's gone, and he gets restored back to a place of peace. Y'all tracking me? I mean, it works. Promises of God work, man. But you do got to, you need to say them. You got to pull that sword out, man. If you're not operating in a place of rest, you, you labor to enter into that rest. Y'all tracking me here? And this is. Yeah, he's three years old. Absolutely, yes. I want him to know that. I want him to know that it's a power, because he likes weapons anyway. You know what I'm saying? I was like, bro, this is the weapon. Your mouth is the weapon. You know, so anyway, and so it's working and it's good. But, but if there's an area of your life where you're not experiencing peace, you need to declare the promises over that area and, and labor to enter, enter into a place of rest so that you're not living wigged out. Can I get an amen? You need that. And, and check this out. That's holy. That's powerful because you're at rest. See, the righteous are bold as lions, right? Your boldness is not how loud you are. Your boldness is displayed in your rest. You ever notice a lion is not like a chihuahua? Can I get an amen? How I many know chihuahua has something to prove? A lion doesn't. Why, why, why did God say the, the, the righteous are bold as lions? Because a lion's at rest. The, the lion is the most at-rest creature. See him out there in the, out in the wilderness? He just like... I mean, them, them male lions don't do nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's almost sad. Only thing they do is they protect the flock from other lions. But other than that, I mean, they don't even hunt. You know? The women do all the hunting. Amen? Did y'all hear that, ladies? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm bold as a lion, but I ain't stupid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My wife wasn't in here, so I could say that. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Amen. Moving right along. But there's a rest that God wants to display in your life. How I many you know you shouldn't be freaked out about the world that we're in? You shouldn't be freaked out about the government. You shouldn't be freaked out about all the stuff that's going on. Is God freaked out? No. Bible says he that sits in the heavens laughs. Amen? And so you're invited into a rest to, to, to remain. Because how many you know that when you're resting, you're uncommon? Now listen, I'm not talking, when I'm not talking about resting, I'm not talking about being lazy. Okay? I'm talking about how many you know you can do something and do it in a wigged out state? or you can do something in a restful state. Okay, get an amen. And when you are operating out of a place of rest, you're uncommon. You're not like other people. Amen, because it's holy unto the Lord. Anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So once again, this calling of holiness, not according to your effort, not according to your works, but according to His grace and His purpose, can you get an amen? So don't, don't allow the enemy to take holiness away from you in your understanding because you think you have to earn it or deserve it or work for it. Now, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please. And I just want to establish... Uh, the reality of this holiness in you. Now, the Corinthian church was the most immoral church in, in, in the early church. Um, they, 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 they dealt with all kinds of immorality. Um, you know, they, they, were, uh, they were making a lot of mistakes, right? They were getting drunk at communion. Instead of like just taking communion, I mean, they were just, you know, they were... <laughs> <laughs> turning it into something that God never intended it to be. And so they were like getting drunk in communion and eating all the bread and fighting over the bread and there's sexual immorality in the church and, and there's just all these mistakes were happening, right? Um, and, but, and so I want you to take a look at how the apostle addresses this group of believers. And it's going to help you to understand something about holiness in the process. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Paul, called to be an apostle, this, he's writing this to the Corinthian church, inspired by God. 
Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That word sanctified is the word to make holy. It's hagiazo, to make holy. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints, with all in every place, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. Now, what I want to show you is he calls them saints. He does not take away their holiness and their set-apartness because of their mistakes. He calls them saints, right? That word saints is the word for holy. That's the word that we just looked at earlier, hagios. He calls these <laughs> drunken, immoral people saints. He calls them holy. Why are they holy? Because the Holy One is living on the inside of them. Can I get an amen here? Is it Scripture or is it not? Like, because we're gonna, we want to honor what the Word of God says here, right? And then later on in the same chapter, he says, don't you know that you're the temple of the living God? What is he doing? He's, he's doing New Testament correction. He's saying, now listen, he never says their conduct is okay. He never gives a pass for it. He never says, y'all under grace, do whatever you want to do. He never says any of those things. Not one time does he say that. I mean, oh, Paul called sin, sin. It was sin, and it was sin, and it was sin. He was like, this is not okay. However, I'm not going to revoke the work of the cross over your life because of your mistakes. I'm going to remind you that you're special. I'm going to remind you that you're uncommon. I'm going to remind you that you are saints. Are y'all tracking me here? Because listen, what happened to them? You know, and this is, we, we share this example all the time, but how many know if a butterfly lands on a cow patty, it doesn't turn into a cow patty? How many know it's still a butterfly? And these saints of God, these holy ones of God, these set-apart ones of God had fallen into some cow patties. But it, the cow patty did not have the power to change their nature because their nature had been eternally changed by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Can you get an amen? So what I want to show you is their holiness was not based on their conduct their holiness was based on their Savior. Like, and you just can't even expound on it. You just got to throw it out on the ground and say, like, there it is. Let's all just sit there and stare at it for a minute. Because if you don't preach it for what it is, it, the temptation is to dilute it or to make it be something other than what it's not. But call, call, Paul called immoral Christian saints. He called them holy. Now, once again, he never said what they were doing. Okay, how many corrected them? Hard. And then 2 Corinthians, we find out that they repented and they turned. What did they do? They recognized their uncommonness. They recognized their holiness and they embraced it. How I many you know it's common to act like an idiot? It's common. We don't have to be common. Can't get an amen. You know what I'm saying? It's common to live angry. It's common to be offended. It's common to be a liar. It's common to be immoral. It's common. All these things are common. I want to be common. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want, I want to be different because my God is different. Can you get an amen? amen? Now listen, please understand, as I'm saying this, I'm not saying that you aren't going to make mistakes. If I remove... From your life, the ability to make mistakes, I will put you on the hamster wheel of legalism and perfection, and you will fail or fake your or become fake. Listen, you're gonna make mistakes. You might step in a cow patty here and there. You might mess up, but it does not change who you are, and it does not change who God is for you, and it does not impact that specialness, that uncommonness, that holiness that's been given to you as a gift, as a result of, what, of Jesus moving into your heart. Come on, man. How I many know the Old Testament, like, you know, when, 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 when weird stuff would happen, God would just leave. You know, when sin would break out in the camp, God would leave. 
How many of y'all, the, the term backslidden is everywhere in the Old Covenant, right? But how many know in the New Covenant, the blood of Jesus has cleansed you so totally and completely that God's Holy Spirit lives inside of you? Can't get an amen. And He's not leaving. He's not, there, there's not enough sin that can drive the Spirit of God out of your heart. You know why? Once again, Jesus did a good job on the cross. Amen. The only thing that's going to get you out of the pig pen is the Lord anyway. Can I get an amen? Like, you know, we, we, we fail when we think that, you know, well, now, now God's mad at you and God's against you and you've got to get yourself out of that pig pen. You can't get out of nothing by yourself. You need the Lord on the inside of you saying, hey, hey, we're better than this. Come on, let's stand up. You know, we're uncommon. We're special. We're set apart. We're holy. Can I get an amen? It's the gospel, right? Okay. Now, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, please, and let's continue to take a look at this because there's more to it. But I, what I want you to understand, holiness has been given to you as a gift as receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And, you know, I say this all the time. Is there anything wicked in Jesus? Is there anything bad in Jesus? Is there anything twisted in Jesus? Where are you? It means you're awesome, right? You're awesome in, in your spirit. You got to know, you got three parts, man. Your spirit, soul, and body. And you're awesome in your soul and you're awesome in your body. But how many you know you can make mistakes in your mind? You can make mistakes with your hands, but your spirit's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And nothing can penetrate this. Amen. Thank God, right? Jesus did a good job. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, it always comes back to the way we think. Can I get an amen? Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace is to be, that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, grace is continually coming to you because you're continually having Jesus revealed to you. Can I get an amen? How many know you can receive more grace today than you had yesterday? Why? Because you can see the Son of God. You can see a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. At the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts. How many know the person you used to be died? And you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? And how many know that former lifestyle is not your lifestyle any longer? I know that even after I got saved, um, and, and I didn't really learn how to have a relationship with the Lord, but I tried to go back to my old ways. And how many know it's hard to enjoy sin when you're born again? I mean, it really is. It's a challenge. You can't do it. You're miserable. And it'd be years later for me to actually renew my mind to who I was to where I got free from all that. But it says, As obedient children, not conforming yourself to your former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. And then he adds something else to the equation. In all your conduct. Here comes your behavior. Here comes your behavior. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now, we've already established that your holiness is the product of receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Can I get an amen? Come on, give me an amen. Please. Yeah, thank you. And, and, but now it says, be holy in all your conduct. How many of you know what's coming out of your heart and out of your life in terms of your thoughts and your behavior and your action can be coming out of your spirit, which is the fruit of the spirit, or it can be coming out of the carnal mind and the person you used to be. How many know that, that Christian people can still do really stupid stuff? <clears throat> what are they doing? They're bringing forth the wrong fruit. And, and, and they're not being uncommon, they're just being common. Are you all tracking me? When I first got saved... I didn't grow up in church. I had no concept of what right, I mean, even just morality. And like, I'd, I used to pray in the break room at the factory that I worked at when I first got saved, and I'd drop F-bombs all day long <coughs> and then pray over my meal because I didn't know any better. I mean, I just didn't know any better. And, and, um, you know, I mean, those people probably thought I was so weird. Like, that guy cusses like a sailor, but he prays over his food at lunchtime. What's up with this guy? How many know that I was holy in here, but I was still learning how to demonstrate that holiness on the outside? 
And, and, and Stacy and I were dating at the time. We were still having sex outside of marriage. Just going to be honest, we were. I didn't know. I didn't really hardly know it was wrong. But then finally, I would find out, let the marriage bed uh, be holy and undefiled. And I finally found out you can't have sex if you're not married. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on, guys. Help me out here. I mean, that's for married people, right? Grace, don't change that. And, and, and when, I, when, I, when I found that out, I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to need, I'm, I, so we stopped. And, and we didn't have, we, we didn't, it was probably about a year and a half, and then we got married, and we consummated our marriage and all that type of stuff. But how many know that in my ignorance, I just didn't know, I didn't know. And I know that sounds crazy to people in the Bible Belt, but I come from a long line of heathens, you know? We just didn't know, man. And so, like, but, but ultimately, what's the fruit that's coming out of your life how many you know it's going to progressively make you more uncommon? You're going to become more special and more different. Can I get an amen? amen. But it, it, it's a fruit. How many you know your, your behavior can be uncommon or your behavior can be common? Very simple. Now, when my behavior is common, it still doesn't touch my born-again spirit. Y'all tracking me here? Like, I, I had, a, I had a, a week last week where, man, the enemy was really trying to hit me in regards to, like, traffic. Like, everybody was cutting me off, man. Everybody's cutting me off, taking my parking place. I mean, like, one day, it was just, it happened so many times I had to just laugh. I was like, clearly, the devil's trying to make me angry today, and I am not going to jump. I'm not going to commonly get mad. I'm going to be uncommon and maintain peace. Y'all tracking me here? Amen. I mean, sometimes, you know, you do well, sometimes you don't do well. But what I want to show you is, how many you know we're called to be different? We are the light. Can I get an amen? We are the salt. We are, and so there is a fruit, the fruit of holiness in, in your behavior is something that's going to develop in your life. Now, it's not determined by someone else's preconceived notions. Because how many know there's whole groups of people that say, I was unholy because I had extra hair? Or you were unholy because you had on makeup. Or, or because you, or whatever. No, no, no. What, what, is ho what is holiness? It's the character of Jesus. Love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, temperance, meekness, self-control. You know, all of the, the, these things. I mean, that's what makes you different. It's not, it's not you know, tattoos or, or piercings or, or hair length or... People focused on the external. How many know the heart is more important than what you see on the outside? Can I get an amen? I know, I know, I know, there's, I know people that are so full of Jesus and so lovely and beautiful in the spirit of holiness and, 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 and outwardly, uh, you know, they, they, there's a whole s sectors of the church that would condemn them because they have tattoos and piercings and, and, and different colored hair and all that. I really don't think God cares about all that stuff. Let people express themselves how they want to express themselves. What I want to see is the fruit that's coming out of your life. You can have on a nice tight suit and a nice tight haircut and be meaner than a rattlesnake with your bumper sticker on the back of your car. Y'all tracking me here? I don't care about all that stuff. Well, the heart is what matters. Can I get an amen? And as people, we're called to this because we, we can't change anything if we're just like everybody else is. The only way you're going to make it, and, and you know, I feel like the church has went through this time period where we're, praise God, man, help me, Lord. Like, we're not trying to be like the world. Can I get an amen? We're not just not trying, to, I don't want to be like the world. Now, now, now here's the thing, it, you know, it, when you begin to get a hold of grace, you start to understand not to how to condemn people for their behavior. Can't get an amen. Like, I, I, got, I got a gym that I go to. I'm always witnessing in that gym. And, like, people, you know, use all kind of language around me and say all kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't judge them for one second. Well, I'm holy. Don't speak like that around me. No, man. How many know the holiness that's in me is more powerful than the commonness in them? So I ain't scared. You know what I'm saying? You say whatever you want to say. You know, I mean, you do, you know, I'm going to love you right where you're at. Can I get an amen? The grace of God has taught us that. Now, I understand if someone's, you know, 
dropping F-bombs around your kids or something like that, and you feel like you need to say something, I, 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 totally, I totally get that. But as a whole, how many know that they looked at Jesus and called him a friend of sinners? Why? Because he had the ability to be around people that were common, but their commonness didn't get on him. His uncommonness got on them. Are y'all tracking me here? Amen. Okay, I just want to make sure we keep everything balanced here. Now, let's turn to Romans chapter 6, please. But there's a calling um, to, 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 to this holiness, man. And, and once again, it, it, it's not the connotation that we were taught. It's just being different. It's just being uncommon. How many you know being happy is uncommon? You know what I'm saying? Do you know that's the root of what, what the word blessed means? It means to be happy. That's a, that's a part of our confession that we confess as a family. I'm happy. You know? Um, and so when you have peace and you have joy, how many know you're uncommon? Can I get an amen? We're called to be uncommon, man. We're special. We're special. We're set apart. We're different. Amen? We're not like everybody else. Now, Romans chapter 6 and in verse 15 here, it says, I love this. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Now, now I want to show you here that, you know, how many know grace is how you get set free from the dominion of sin? Okay, get an amen. Romans 6.14, it's, it's, it's scripture, right? And so people would, would, would approach Paul because they couldn't understand what in the world Paul was saying because Paul's saying, look, you're not under the law, you're under grace. What does that mean? That means when you make a mistake, when you make a transgression, it's not imputed to you any longer from God. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? David prophesied about it. He said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. That means when you make a mistake, it's not imputed to you as sin because you're not under the law, you're under grace. God's not going to be mad at you. God's not going to punish you. And then you just have to stop and just let that sink in because you can't add anything to that, right? However, how many of stupid decisions are going to get stupid results? And how many of sin brings death? It brings death every time it comes. It's packed. It is filled with death. All sin is. And so you can't live in sin and it not kill you. It'll kill you. It'll kill your marriage. It'll kill your, it'll kill your health. It'll kill your finances. Now listen, you'd be forgiven the whole daggone time. And God won't be mad at you the whole time. But God's saying, you're acting common. <laughs> you're not common. You're uncommon. Rise up. Y'all tracking me here? And so there are, there are repercussions for stupid decisions. Like it's just, you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. But the punishment that comes, it won't come from God. It will come from the repercussions of those decisions. Y'all tracking me here? Like you can't watch scary movies eight hours a day and it not make you scared. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you can't watch a, a, a scary movie or whatever. I'm not saying all that. But just like, I mean, you, know, you, you couldn't watch pornography for eight hours a day and it not have an impact on the way you see other people. Right. You understand what I'm saying? What, 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 you're, what you're ingesting has impact. And, and, and we, we want to be careful that we're feeding on things that bring life, not feeding on things that bring death. Right? Amen. But they add, so they're asking Paul. They're like, man, you, you say we're forgiven and all this stuff. What's up? You know, he says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? He said, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. He's saying, I'm talking about slavery to help you to understand this. I'm speaking in, in human terms. He says, For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members, talking about your, your physical body, as slaves of righteousness for holiness. How many know that you are the righteousness of God in here, and, and you have a decision whether you're going to submit to your born-again spirit 
or you're going to submit to the carnal mind. Choice is yours. God won't make you do the right thing, and the devil can't make you do the wrong thing. You're in the driver's seat. There's tremendous power in your will. And how many know you're going to have times when you're spirit-led and you're in the flow? Can I get an amen for those times? And But then you have those times where the enemy just hits you with temptation. Everybody had one of them days? Oh, had one of them days, man. You may have been floating on clouds, you know, on, on Sunday, but then Monday come or Tuesday, and then this person says this. This person does this. This happens right here. This What's happening? There is a choreographed plan to present to you temptation so that it will empower your carnal mind to make you think that's who you are. You tr- are y'all tracking me here? And so let's say you take the bait and you, and you do the temptation, right? Now, what do you got to do once you've made a mistake? Well, you got you to you recognize, well, A, you've got to make sure you, you're, you, if you need to apologize, somebody apologize, somebody can't get an amen. You take care of your horizontal relationship. How I many you know just because you're the righteousness of God don't mean you don't say you're sorry? There ain't nothing cool about that. People get so righteous that they don't think they have to say they're sorry or, or humble themselves and all that, and that's, that's not a correct understanding of righteousness at all. But what you want to do, you want to take care of the things you need to take care of horizontally. But you know, the next thing you want to do, you want to reaffirm the power of the cross in your life. How do you do that? You say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what you need to do. When, see, if you're experiencing sickness, what do you want to confess? Healing? Health? If you're experiencing financial lack, what do you want to confess? Financial abundance. I mean, we call those things that's be not as though they are. There's some good stuff we learned from the old, old play, some of us that came out of all that stuff. But when you sin and when you make a mistake, how I many of you need to confess and agree with God? Right. Not your mistake. Because if you just say, well, I'm just a sinner, I'm just an angry person, I'm just a lustful person, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a... Man, if you speak in line with that carnal nature and that carnal mind and you agree with the enemy, you're digging a hole so you can live there. And as long as you identify with that failed behavior, you're not going to change. With your born-again self, with your righteous self, with your forgiveness self, because you're identifying with the failure. You cannot do that. I mean, and that's why Scripture says you're lying against the truth when you do that. How I many know you've got to take your attention, your focus off of yourself, off of your past, and get it back on Jesus Christ? You gotta ask yourself, did Jesus do a good job? Then that means I'm forgiven. So I need to declare that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is where you win. This is where you win. This is how you win. You can't win without this. In, 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 you can win in your own strength. But like, say, for example, somebody's struggling with anger. You know, and they're dealing with anger, dealing with anger. Well, you need to confess you're the righteousness of God. Somebody's struggling with pornography. You need to confess you're the righteousness of God. Somebody's struggling with trying to quit smoking cigarettes. You need to confess you're the righteousness of God. Somebody's struggling with drugs. You need to confess that you're the righteousness of God. Somebody's struggling with alcoholism or depression. Say what God says about you. Can I get an amen? Have the audacity and the courage to declare, no, I'm a child of God. Don't let that failure define you. Amen? Because what you have to understand is what you believe is even more powerful than the mistakes that you make. All this was created through faith. Right? How many of God spoke and created? So the most powerful thing we have down here is our words and what we believe. So, so it's time to speak out who you are in Christ Jesus. Get good at it. Get skilled at it. Do it all the time. Do it when you do right. Do it when you do wrong. And what will happen is eventually you'll start to act in line with what you believe about yourself, with the truth. For example, and now I'll break it down to you like this quickly so that it makes it clear. If I had one child, say I have two children, and one child, all I do is tell them how bad they are. You're so bad. You're so disobedient. You're awful. You're no good. So what does that do? That makes that child say that about themselves. I'm bad. I'm disobedient. I'm awful. I'm not like this other child. This child, oh, you're so good. You're so amazing. You always do the right thing. We love you. We appreciate you. This child gets a tape recorder in them of good. This child speaks life over themselves. This child speaks death over themselves. Do you think it's going to affect the trajectory of their life and the way they're going to walk? Absolutely. Absolutely. You say, well, Jeremiah, but they are doing bad. They are saying this. They are doing that. Speak life. God saw darkness and spoke light. 
God's, the father saw the prodigal son and he didn't say, man, you smell like pig. You know, where you been, the pig pen? No, he spoke life. He reminded them who they are. I know it sounds crazy, but it's faith. <laughs> You've got to speak life if you want things to change. I do this with my dog. I've spoke so much death over my dog. I have, because my dog has made me mad more than any living being ever. <laughs> and finally, God's like, you know, he's like, if you just keep speaking death over this dog, how's he ever going to change? I was like, oh, Lord, that's not fair. You know, it's like, I, I want to vent. I want to complain. No, speak life over the dog. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm rebuking myself here, you know, and I have been for a while, and I've gotten better about it because that dog is a living being, and how many of you know he will respond to the words I speak over? How many of you know plants respond to what you speak over? Science has proven it. Power in your words. So if all those things are true, what are you saying about you? Because there are some people, they're good at speaking life to other people, but they're not good at speaking life over themselves. You need to speak life over you. Why? Because you need to agree with God. Because when you're speaking death over yourself and you're speaking negative over yourself, you are not agreeing with God. You're lying against the truth. So you've got to repent. <laughs> Speak life over yourself. If you want your trajectory to change. Y'all tracking me here? Amen. Okay. And so then he goes on, he says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. Y'all seeing this here? See, you're holy because he made you holy. But how many you know we want the fruit coming out of us to be uncommon? Talking about our actions, talking about our thoughts, talking about our behavior. Y'all can y'all see what I'm saying here? How many know there's power in it? There's power in it. There, and, and, and it takes courage to be different. Can you get an amen? It takes courage. Oh, it takes courage. Yes, please. Yeah. Come on, come on. It's good. We're coming into alignment with our mind. Yes. Come on. Yes. When you say uncommon, that's you. Yes, that's right. We're being transformed. We renew of our mind. Come on. You see that with the scripture there that Jesus is Lord. Yes. Yes. It's not sin anymore. No, it's not. It's not good versus evil. Come on. Yes. Yes. It's good. It's good. It's good, man. Come on. And so the what's inside of you is going to have expression out of you in line with the way you think. It's always going to come back to your thoughts. And and so when you start to think about yourself, what God thinks about you, that you are loved, that you are holy, that you are righteous. Amen. Can y'all say that with me? Say, I am holy. See, you need to add that in to what you're speaking over your life. Not just that you're the righteousness of God, but that you're holy. Because when, when you're declaring that you're holy, you're saying, I'm set apart. I am uncommon. I am not of this world. Can I get an amen? And, and there's power in it. God, that's the thing God's just showing me. He's like, there's power in it. Because like, we should stand out, not just according to our Christian t-shirt, but the way that we carry, and I have a Christian t-shirt on today, but the way that we, because I'm not anti-Christian t-shirt or anti-bumper stickers, but I, I just, but you're, you're different, amen, and you're holy, and, and like any dead fish can float down the stream. You know what I'm saying? Like it's time to swim against the current. And here's the thing, you're not swimming in your own strength. The Lord is the one who's given you the grace to do all this stuff. Right. How many of you, it's not according to your works, but according to His grace. He, he be, we began the teaching with that. But we have to agree with it, and we have to, 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 to recognize it. Amen? And, and, uh, and also, um, uh, turn back to 1 Peter chapter 1, please, and we'll, we'll begin to close here. But um, you also, you, you don't give place to the devil. 
I mean, you know, Scripture says don't give place to the devil, right? And, and so when, when, when there's, a, when there's a, a holiness to your, to your conduct, then all of a sudden, I mean, you, know, you, start, you start removing some pitfalls out of your life. What are, you, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? I mean, like, let me see here. When, when, how many know that when, when we lend ourselves to the carnal mind and we make carnal decisions and we start living according to the flesh, how do you know we can open the door for the enemy? He can come in and what's he going to try to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. You know? I mean, you don't want to open the door to, to the enemy in your marriage. You don't want to open the door to the enemy in your children. How I many know in your house, you're the gatekeeper? You set the standard in your home. And, and, um, and, and, and so, like, you set the standard. Now, now here's the thing. Now, there's like a balance here. You know, you don't have to get all weird. You know, you don't have to get... See, people in the past, they were fearfully holy. And, and, and let, me, let me lay that out. Like, like, we can't be around that. We can't be around this. We can't be around this. We've got to... And then what ended up happening was we, we all just gathered together. We were holy, 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 but we didn't have no impact on anybody because we weren't around anybody. Y'all tracking me here? No, no, no. Your holiness is powerful. Like, what's inside of you, man? You're taking it out there in the world. When Jesus touched the leper, the leprosy didn't get on him. His holiness got on the leper and cleansed him. Are y'all, give me one second. And y'all tracking me here. And so what I don't, we want holiness in conduct. We want the fruit of holiness, but we don't want to live in fear. See, you're not, it's not this weak conscience of, no, 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 no. The righteous are bold as lions. You've been made holy. You've been made righteous. Don't be scared. Y'all tracking me here. What's inside of you is greater than what's in the world. Can you get an amen? So like, you know, like, and, and, and do what the Spirit of God, what, what the Spirit of the Lord will lead you to do. I mean, you know, some people have peace about watching certain movies. Some people don't. Some people have peace about watching um, or listening to certain types of music. Some people don't. <clears throat> Flow with what God's leading you to do. Can I get an amen? Can't nobody stand over your life and micromanage you and tell you what to do. You know, or tell you how to eat or what to eat or any of those things. You have God living on the inside of you, and he'll show you what's right for you. But when he's like, ah, don't look at that. <laughs> when he's telling you that, that's him trying to protect you. Can I get an amen? When he's saying, okay, turn that off. You know, one of the things I do when I work out, sometimes I listen to preaching when I work out. Sometimes I want to listen to something that absolutely just rocks. You know, and, and it's not always Christian music, you know, and, and I listen to some secular music when I work out and I enjoy it. But then there are times when down here, God's like, no, you need to shut that off. I can feel it. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I hear you. Because I'm, you know, that secular music, it ain't feeding my spirit at all. And so when, when he says that, I listen to him, right? Sometimes, not all the time, I make mistakes. But, but I just want to show you that just don't get... Your holiness, this is what I want to say right here. Your holiness is not delicate. It's powerful. And it can't be taken away from you. Y'all tracking me here? It's not a delicate holiness. It's a powerful holiness. Can I get an amen? Because if not, the next thing you know, you're right back in that old mindset, wigged out trying to be holy. Don't do that. You are holy because he's made you holy. Can I get an amen? Say it. Say, I am holy. Yeah, and so that, that's a done deal. We settled that with the Corinthian church. We settled that in what we said in the beginning. But he's bringing out the fruits of holiness in your life because it's going to bless you and it's going to bless the people around you. Can I get an amen? Please, go ahead. Come on, yes. 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 Boy, that's so good. Let me say that again in case someone online didn't hear that. She was saying that holiness is always, it's been a struggle for a lot of people because of how holiness was trammed on her. Holiness, it, it is love. Because how I many you know when you're receiving love from God and you're loving God and you're loving people, sin ain't 
sin ain't near you. Can't get an amen. You're, you're walking sin free. Why? Because you're, you're on the wavelength of God's love, right? And, and how many know it is uncommon to walk in love? <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm really thankful that you shared that. It is love. It's just a love walk. But let's take that word that the enemy has jacked up and let's dust it off and let's bring it back and let's let it be what God intended it to be. Can I get an amen? And I know that can be hard for some people. Even as I'm preaching this, some of y'all probably had some gag reflex moments or some you know, past church abuse moments or whatever, but this holiness, it's God's holiness. It's not religion's holiness. Can I get an amen? All right, all right. All right, so all right, we're going to close here. First Peter, I, I, and I, wanna, I read this earlier, but I want to add on a little context to this verse real quickly. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest... And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, excuse me, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to your former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it as it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now let's give some more context. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in reverence, knowing that you, see, now here, here comes the value of your holiness. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. God didn't buy your salvation with money, with silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Understanding this, that, that the value of... You weren't, you, you, were, you weren't redeemed with silver and gold. You were redeemed with God's blood. Y'all tracking me here? And so here's the thing. One of the things that is going to help you to be uncommon is to know your worth. How many people don't know their worth and so they act? How many know common things are not valuable? Like I can go out and collect pebbles all day long. And there's no value in a pebble. You know why gold is valuable? It's uncommon. Do you know why diamonds are valuable? It's uncommon. I saw this, uh, this thing where they theorized that there's this asteroid that's like filled with gold and silver and diamonds and all these precious jewels, and they were talking about flying to it and trying to mine it. But if they did, it would actually it would bust the entire uh, ec economic system that we have because gold would no longer be uncommon. Diamonds would no longer be uncommon, if it's true that it actually has the things that they have in it. But the reason these things are valuable is because they're uncommon. Listen, was the blood of Jesus common? It was uncommon, wasn't it? You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. How I many know when we start to know our worth, we'll carry ourselves as valuable? Can I get an amen? It's one of the things I think the body of Christ needs more than anything else is to know they're valuable. Because how I many know the spirit of this world will always try to make you feel like you're not valuable? You're not good enough. You're just a dumb Christian. You're just a, you know, whatever. But no, 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 man. We're, we're king's kids. And we carry ourselves with value. Amen? And, and as you begin to understand that, commonness starts to drop off of your life. Amen? Commonness starts to drop off of your life. Please. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're no longer allowing all these things to come into our life that will harm us. Come on. We're not choosing the things out of our flesh that will harm us. Come on. So therefore there's a holiness with that loving ourselves. Yes. And then we're not doing the things that will hurt other people. Come on. We're not giving that respect. But yeah. we're we're loving them and there's a holiness in that that will hurt people. It's good. No, it's so good. So I, I challenge, we're closing right here, but I challenge you in the week ahead, take that word holy and meditate on it a little bit. Think about it. Speak it out of your mouth and, and let it transition out of what you've been taught and let it transition into what Scripture intended. 
Because there's a power. You're holy, man. God's made you holy. You're different. You're set apart. You're sanctified. <clears throat> Final verse, and you don't have to turn there, but it says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's a beauty to holiness. How many know that man-made religion tried to make holiness ugly? But how many know that there is a beauty to holiness? Why? Because you're uncommon. Can you get an amen? There's a beauty to holiness. And when our lives, when the holiness that's within us starts to have expression on the outside of us, there's a beauty to that. How many know there's a beauty to a life that's submitted unto the Lord? There's a beauty to it. It's beautiful. And the enemy hates it. He wants to trample on it and make it something that it's not. But uh, we are, we're making a decision to, to embrace that. So I just, I want to, I want to, in closing, I want to, I want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you for these wonderful people. And Lord, I just thank you that, that Lord, we want truth. That's why we're here. And I, I thank you that you help uh, just, the analogy that comes to my mind, Lord, is just shucking corn. And, and I thank you that we, we shuck the religious connotation off of these powerful truths. One of those truths being your holiness, Lord. That you help us to remove all that was chafe and straw and wood and hay and stubble and was made of man and not of you. And Lord, I also I just thank you that you deposit within all of us just an awareness of our value so that we can walk as an uncommon holy people in the world, Lord. And I thank you that you also continue to reveal this to us, Lord. Help us to understand what you've placed on the inside of us, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. Spirit of God, you're the only one that can, can reveal this and make it real for what it actually is. Lord, we thank you for it. We submit to that truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Yes, sir, please. Yeah, I just... Uh...